You are listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, where it's all about responding with confidence to the legal, financial, and personal challenges created by disability, unexpected illness, or simply aging in general. Join us weekly as elder law attorneys Tim Takis, Barbara McGinnis, Chris Johnson, and other members of the Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law Team talk about the tools, techniques, strategies, and services that will make the elder care journey easier for everyone involved. Get ready, because aging starts now. Hi, welcome to Aging Starts Now. I'm Barbara McGinnis, and in this episode, Patty Bedwell, Elder Care Coordinator at Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law, and I will be talking about caregiver burnout. What is it? How do you recognize it? And then more importantly, how do you deal with it? Welcome, Patty. Thank you, Barbara. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, so can we just dive in and, and start talking about what is caregiver burnout? How do you know you have it? Sure, sure. I think all of us that take on the caregiving role, we start out with the best of intentions, and this is just going to be great and wonderful. But once you get involved with the daily caregiving responsibilities, um, it doesn't take long for you to get a little burnout. You miss your free time. You're overwhelmed with so many things to do, and it's hard to uh, um, it's hard to recognize those things when you're in the middle of it. So it's really that feeling of stress and frustration that comes from providing care for someone else. Stress, frustration. Um, can it have physical symptoms even? Sure it can. Uh, a lot of times they come out as difficulty sleeping. You're not able to sleep as well. You're a little bit more anxious. Maybe you're, uh, you're a little shorter with your loved ones than what you'd like to be. Uh, irritable, uh, just feeling tired, run out, uh, yeah. run down, those sorts of things. I think that's what I hear a lot from from family caregivers is just how exhausted they are with the um, just with the daily. I hate to say grind, but the the daily task of taking care of someone else and the fact that it's not just nine to five it's 24 hours a day often right um, there's no break on top of usually other responsibilities taking care of a family other family members and and maybe even trying to work you know so again people and it's not just family caregivers caregiver burnout can happen to professionals as well so we need to start thinking about how do we prevent this from happening? Well, I think one thing that we first, first we have to realize our own limitations. You know, we all like to think that we can take on everything and that just adding one more thing is not that much. Um, but you really have to look at it and know what it is that you're taking on. <clears throat> so, and not to not to hesitate to give yourself a break. I mean, sometimes you need a respite. Maybe it's planned respites during the week would be one thing to head off burnout. So you have some me time, time to yourself. Or if you are actually burned out, you need to plan for some safe respite for your your um, care recipient, your loved one. 
That's exactly right. Because what you don't want to happen, you started caregiving because you wanted to do good for this person and you wanted to provide good services and care for them. And if you let yourself get burnt out by the the fact of caregiving, by the, the difficulties of it, then nobody really is winning in that situation. And I think, you know, maybe something that contributes to caregiver burnout or caregiver stress is the unknown about the trajectory of the illness, right? I mean, so every person's different. Mm -hmm. Every person that's sick is different. And we often don't really know what to expect. And arming ourselves, you, you know, it's that forest in the trees kind of thing, arming ourselves with what the anticipated trajectory could be, knowing what those milestones are going to look like, because unlike parenting or raising children, taking care of an older loved one, we're watching a downhill uh, slide, not increasing independence, but increasing dependence. And sometimes you just don't even recognize that they're changing right in front of your eyes. So you're forever trying to catch up. I don't know. That That's a stressful feeling, isn't it? It certainly is. And it can be very overwhelming. So you're right. You have to be able to get away from it. You have to be able to allow yourself to take a break. And often caregivers don't like to allow themselves those breaks. Finding a safe place to, to share feelings. I think that's a lot of what elder care coordinators do for our families. You provide a safe place to share these feelings. Because unless you've been in those shoes, you don't, really, you don't really know what someone's dealing with. That's exactly right. There are so many similarities to all caregivers, but there's so many differences as well. Everybody's journey is a little bit different, so your care responsibilities are different as well. And being able to step back and give yourself uh, just a breather, having someone to talk to about those frustrations, I believe, is very important as well. There's a lot of guilt involved in caregiver burnout because you're really not supposed to feel that way. You know, that's what we tell ourselves. Um, so being able to talk with somebody and being honest with someone about your frustrations your shortcomings, because as caregivers, most of us never feel as though we do everything that needs to be done. So it's a very, uh, very difficult thing to do. And when you get exhausted, which is really like the key uh, symptom of caregiver burnout, emotional, physical, mental exhaustion. When you get exhausted, it's hard to make good decisions and to be a good caregiver. Um, you don't have to just exhaust yourself taking care of someone you love. It's okay to get help, help for them, help for you. Sometimes finding support groups can be, um, you know, a real resource into tapping into what, what are the resources in the community, right? That's exactly right. And, you know, because of our electronic society, you know, there are care groups or support groups available online, locally. You know, you can find um, a lot of places that you can go to for that sort of assistance. I think one thing that maybe um, is a difference 
between professional caregivers and family caregivers would be this whole notion of role confusion. If you're in a position as being a professional caregiver, you're a nurse, you're a certified nurse aide, um, it's your role, it's your job that you're providing care for someone and, and you don't have familial roles that you're trying to juggle, really. Like if you're trying to take care of your mother or your father, you're struggling with still being a daughter as well as now a caregiver. I think that adds an, um, it is an added element of difficulty in caregiving. You, any thoughts on that? Oh, I totally agree. You know, when you're that professional caregiver, that nurse or that nursing assistant, you at least get to go home and you're at least able to let go of it and spend time with your family and all those sorts of things. But when it's your parent that you're caring for, you don't have that luxury. You know, you're right there. And even if you physically go to your own home, it's still in your mind and what you need to do and what mom needs and what shortcomings, what didn't happen today. And it's a, it's very overwhelming. And not to mention that we're taught to respect our parents. We're taught to not talk back to them. And, and now that your roles are reversed, those things aren't always happening, you know, completely reverse. And and you can't, well, sometimes you can't get what, what just isn't there anymore. They can't be in control. They may get to participate in decision-making depending on what the illness is, right? I mean, we're talking about it in real general terms, but taking care of maybe someone with an advanced dementia is very different than if you're someone that has, advanced physical limitations, but they're still cognitively intact. Different challenges um, in those two aspects as well. Uh, Because if you're physically impaired, cognitively intact, I'm sure they're dealing with their own frustrations and their own depression and, and need support coping mechanisms to help them. Um, National organizations is a good place to go for do them online. Um, Sometimes you get that kind of education and support out of a physician's office. Sometimes you don't. And turning to large national organizations that might have local chapters like the Alzheimer's Association or there's Parkinson's disease foundations, a good place to go for education, support, and resource information. Um, What are some other resources that would be helpful? Well, on a local level, there's lots of local um, uh, support organizations that you can find through your church groups, through uh, your doctor's offices and things like that. Um, Just getting together with other people uh, that are doing the same thing. And it may be that, you know, Perhaps there isn't a support group in your area, so maybe you start one, you reach out to other people and see if you can't find at least one other person that you can sit and talk with about your caregiving challenges. That can be helpful. And in today's climate of social distancing, you can do all of that through um, a Zoom or some other video conferencing platform. If you just find a quiet place, a quiet moment to set aside and do that. 
That's right. And, and again, there's all sorts of, uh, of things available online for caregivers, uh, support groups, information, um, just, just a myriad of information there available as well. Um, things like, speaking of other uh, resources, the Area Agency on Aging, there's, mm-hmm. uh, there's national caregiving associations, and, you know, if there, there may be geriatric case managers that are independent of law firms, right? That could be a source of support, too. Uh, the elder care locator uh, online. So those resources may provide little, little helps, little fixes along the way, but it, it is still definitely a long, hard experience that can be full of rewards if you take care of yourself, too. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing. You know, caregivers need to um, take care of themselves and they need to understand the importance of taking care of themselves. It's very easy to put your own needs aside when you're trying to care for someone else while you're trying to still care for your own family, keep your own work life in balance. Um, So caregivers need to be mindful of themselves and to, to try very hard not to be afraid to ask for help, to let people know that they need a little bit of assistance. Yep. You can't pour from an empty cup, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Well, thanks, Patty, for talking about caregiver burnout. Thank you for joining. Tune in again to Aging Starts Now. Thank you for listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast. For more information about today's show, visit tn-elderlaw.com, click on the free resources tab, and then click on Aging Starts Now. You'll find the show notes there. And while you're at it, why not check out all the free resources available at tn-elderlaw.com. Document downloads, the Takeus McGinnis blog, educational videos, informative articles, helpful links, a TV show, and more. It's all there free for the taking. If you enjoy listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave us a review. It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback on the show. Aging Starts Now. We'll be back next week with more candid discussions about challenges created by aging, disability, and unexpected illness.